You are listening to Down Goes Frazier, where we talk about all the latest news and have great interviews revolving combat sports, ranging from MMA, boxing, and wrestling. I'm your host, Jason Frazier, and also on the line, also always on this show with me, is my co-host, Jeremy Johnson. How's it going? I am doing great, sir, in this lovely world of 2020 where everything is wonderful and pandemics don't exist in my head. You know, it's fine. I mean, there's a lot of other people that the pandemics don't exist either, so you're not the only one in that case. Uh, <laughs> that, thing, <laughs> that thing like that. Let me, let me go ahead and divulge off that topic before we get too deep. So... Jeremy, it's been an interesting week, you know, like we, we with the whole combat sports landscape and a lot of things that's currently going on. I can talk about some Chris Jericho had his 30 years of celebrated his 30 years of professional wrestling boxing. You got some news there. Also, MMA, you know, where we may have a fight. We may have a Conor McGregor sighting. You know, that was on Twitter but where this Poirier fight is, looks like it's happening. I mean, it's it, there is definitely potential there. So it should be fun to see how that plays out. So a lot of interesting things, but I'm going to get serious this week. I mean, we're not going to – we'll have fun, but I'm going to get a little bit more of a serious tone. All right. Um, let's get – Jason. So I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. It's just we, we've we talked about it kind of sparingly, maybe with guests or maybe just on other parts of the show. Um, combat sports, the pipeline. You know, Mark Remondi wrote a great article, friend of the show, too, and we hope to talk to him about this article and more later on when we get a chance to get him on the show. But he talked about the article's title, It's a Real Problem, How the Combat Sports Pipeline Broke in 2020. Um, You can catch that full article on ESPN.com under the MMA section. But the thing that, you know, I say we kind of talked about a little bit is we always talk about how fighters are adjusting to covid how, you know, these promotions are adjusting. But he takes a deeper dive of, like, the individual basis, you know, and it's kind of something that we don't get a chance to talk about quite a bit from the athlete side. We have before, but not as much as I think we would like to. But I want to talk to you from kind of a little bit in your standpoint because you you have some – this affects you, you know, on that end of, yeah, we talk, we talk about combat sports every week and you're doing it, but normally people are seeing you call the action for Shamrock FC cage side so just from your perspective how has you know this affected you on that on that side of things well it's been it's been tough it has been incredibly tough you know we as shamrock fc haven't really done a show since march and you know i can't tell you when the next one we will be will do and it just you know it kind of involves of how our our business model is and you know what the the promotions the venues and all of that want to do you know, but I mean, for me, well, you know, number one, I'm not on TV. I'm not in the public eye like I used to be. And, you know, I hate to say it, but the biggest thing that I felt this in is my pocketbook. Um, you know, Jason, I basically lost almost all of my sponsors um, that I had due to this. And that's a huge chunk of money to lose, mm-hmm. you know, for what's going on seven months now. And, and it's just crazy when you think about it because it's a live events. You think about how none of that's running. And then, but people are watching UFC fights on TV. They're watching, um, you know, they're watching other things like WWE or AEW. 
But there's so many people that are impacted that aren't back to work in those perspective fields. And you talk about yourself, you know, calling action for Shamrock or people who work in the stands, people who, people who are also doing other things. But I also think about those fighters, pro wrestlers that are, they're kind of, they're, they're in that range. They're all there to the UFC, WWE, somewhere. And they're, the, like you said, the income, the, you know, the sponsorships, the merch sales just aren't there to kind of keep, can't keep that afloat. Yeah, completely. Um, you know, think about the guys who are running the lights behind the scenes, the DJs, those guys. You know, there there isn't anything going on. I mean, it's just even the concert world. You know, I mean, let's face it, because an MMA production, a pro wrestling production is basically it's a concert. And it takes a ton of people, stage hands and things to make that work. And all of those guys are are doing nothing. It's it's kind of scary. Very scary. And even on the aspect, too, like, you know, I, I think about this. The last time I covered an event, I went to it was a local sh- show here in the St. Louis area, Glory Pro Wrestling. I went to the event and covered it. And, you know, they had some guys come in. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll maybe go to WrestleMania next month, which I usually do. And looking at the next UFC counter. But, you know, it's like it wasn't a sense of urgency when I was there. It was like, OK, I'll be doing this again. And I met. Imagine, you know, whenever you were calling the last Shamrock FC event, you probably thought like, oh, you know, we'll be in Kansas City next month or we'll be back at the, you know, right next month. And all of a sudden, all that was, it just stopped and was still stopping, like you said, seven months later. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of, it's almost surreal. And, you know, I, I know that what it affects with me, um, I'm real interested to see, though, how it affects you know, our, our next guest. And that is going to be Jeff Aronson, CEO of Titan FC. You know, he has been around. I mean, they have done a ton of shows so far with no audience, just like the UFC has. And so it'll be, it'll be real interesting to see how that kind of take is, you know, we've got the bigger TV deal with UFC fight pass, you know, you've got all of this stuff going on, but it's still, there's your, your revenue streams are different. Your business model has to be different. So it, it should be fun to see how this talks. It definitely. And talking to Jeff, too, about another area, like I know before, you know, he took over Titan FC or start running Titan FC, he was also managing fighters. So for fighters out there, how are they keeping active? How are you keeping fighting? How do fighters stay motivated in this time where maybe that that pipeline is shut down because people have to concentrate on the fighters they have in house? How are they being found? Like what's a good, some good advice for fighters to kind of think of, or even professional wrestlers can take in that or professional boxers can take in that manner of how to keep their careers going in such a certain time if they're kind of in that level where they're in between, you know, prospects and maybe getting somewhere like the UFC or WWE or in those ranks. Yeah, it uh, it'll be fun to find out. So uh, coming up next, it is CEO of Titan FC, Jeff Aronson. We're going to keep things rolling here on Down Goes Frazier this week. You know, Jeremy and I just talked about that article from Mark Raimondi on ESPN.com where it talked about the combat sports pipeline kind of being altered a lot by COVID-19. So I definitely want to talk to someone who's kind of dealing with that firsthand and kind of see what their experiences are with that. And we're fortunate enough today to have him from Titan FC CEO, Jeff Aronson, joining us today on Down Goes Frazier. Jeff, a pleasure having you on the show. Hey, how are you guys? Doing good. Cannot complain here. Like I said, just, you know, another day in 2020, which is always, you never know what you're going to get in those particular day, in that particular day. 
it's always exciting. That's for sure. <laughs> Definitely. That it is. Definitely. But so now, Jeff, let's really let's kind of get into this here. Um, I've known you from Titan from a long time. You know, we used to work uh, with Brian Levick back in the old days. And but for all those who who have seen Titan on UFC Fight Pass, how did you get involved in the MMA business? So um, roughly 12, 13 years ago, um, I owned uh, a company called Cash for Gold, which was one of the, the largest uh, companies in the U.S. We were we were uh, spending about $70 million a year on TV advertising and, and uh, radio advertising and, and digital. Um, I, uh, I filmed a Super Bowl commercial uh, with Ed McMahon and MC Hammer in 2009. And in 2000, uh, yeah, in 2009, um, at Craft Services at the Super Bowl commercial, I met Lex McMahon, um, my, who became my partner, um, with MC Hammer as well, in a company called Alchemist Management. And we wound up becoming one of the biggest management companies in the United States of, of MMA fighters. Um, and went on to have, you know, multiple champions and, you know, guys like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson at that time, Brendan Schaub, Nate Marquardt, um, Stefan Struve. I mean, the, the, the roster was, was crazy at that time. Um, and then at a certain point, we had all these young kids that were having the roughest time on the regional circuit getting real fights, good fights. Um, everybody was protecting their hometown boys. They wanted, they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to bring in the top, um, young fighters in the country. So at that point I made the decision to, uh, um, step down as chairman of Alchemist Management and I bought, um, Titan Fighting, um, out of Midwest. And we took over, and uh, before the, the ink was dry on the contract, I had already negotiated a deal with CBS Sports at that time. And um, next thing you know, uh, Titan did an event, I believe, a month and a half later. Before we get into all the fighting stuff, we got to back up a little second, Jeff. I'm sorry. Uh, sure. <laughs> the, the fan in me, the, the I'm 35, so I grew up with like – the whole hammer generation, the you know the baggy yeah. pants, the you know the I couldn't do any of the dance moves even though I tried. I may be black, but I got white soul, I guess. Um, but right. but, wow. <laughs> but 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 I gotta I gotta know what like you know as a fan of Hammer, what was the kind of that connection and kind of what was that like working with him on a regular basis? So um, Hammer is 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 an amazing individual. Um, you know, Hammer has been around combat sports for years, which people don't know. Um, most people don't know. Hammer was Evander Holyfield's manager um, when, when Holyfield was boxing. Um, you know, Hammer's an incredibly bright guy. He sits in the heart of Silicon Valley. He's friends with the biggest angel investors in the world. He's involved with some of the biggest tech companies in the world. He's the guy that sat at, um, at, uh, you know, little poker tables with the heads of YouTube, figuring out how to stream, um, music videos 
onto the internet. I mean, this is a guy that's a brilliant guy and, and a forward thinker. And um, we instantly hit it off at, uh, at the Super Bowl commercial. And uh, started talking about MMA, and then Lex came over, and we started talking to Lex. And it turns out that the three of us had so much in common in terms of our passion for athletics and sports, and, and uh, we decided to to uh, join forces and and start Alchemist. But but um, Hammer was a pleasure. He he actually was with me as a brand ambassador for the year for years. We we traveled the world together. Um, just great guy. I'm officially jealous now. This is this is, but no, that's that's very cool because I've always been a fan of Hammer, and that's I was sitting there when you said that. My mind was like, oh man, that's got to be. Cause I know the athletic background, you know the Oakland A stuff and all that, so it's kind of cool. You got to connect with him and work on work on that side of things. But you also mentioned too regional fights, and that's kind of where you you saw guys struggling to get those fights and. Jeremy and I were just talking about kind of like 2020 being a difficult year for not only, you know, you look at the the May, uh, UFC, WWE, or, you know, pro boxing, any of those, WBO, anything that's in those ranks, but also the pipeline to find fighters. Right. For fighters to get fights. How, what have you seen kind of from your perspective in that? Well, you know, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. So, I mean, the first, MMA promotion, obviously, back um, after, you know, the lockdown of COVID-19 was UFC. And, and Dana did an amazing job um, getting the wheels turning and, and, you know, developing the safety program and really getting it going. And he got it going in, in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, and Titan is based out of Florida. Uh, Titan then took the torch from UFC and we were the next promotion to open up worldwide. Um, and we had done, I believe four or five shows before anybody else even did their next show, um, other than UFC. So we, we were up and running almost immediately. Like as soon as UFC was on, I think we were on the next day or the next week. It was like that quick. Wow. Uh, so then yeah, Jeff, so kinda, I mean, kinda, yeah. No, that's 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 crazy to think that, you know, you've done that many shows already. What was that first show like? I mean, I know that everyone, you know, even my partner Jason here, who's this he's, you know, six foot four, two eighty, he's scared of little old ladies in the grocery stores. But what <laughs> was it like for you to come through with, you know, we're gonna be the second one out of the box to do a fight? What were some of the precautions and all of the, the, the meetings and things that had to happen to make this work? Yeah, I mean, there, there was massive testing. I mean, I mean, incredible amounts of testing. There were massive safety um, guidelines put into place. Um, I got to be honest with you, Lex spearheaded it. Lex said to me, I want to open up. I think we can do it. Um, I think I have a plan to make it happen. Um, I'm going to work side by side with the governor's office and, and the municipalities and we are going to make this happen. What do you think? And I said, I, I think, I think it's go time. Let's do it. And, um, Lex to his credit sat in meeting after meeting after meeting and, and, uh, 
presented plans that that um, the state absolutely loved and approved, and Titan was uh, was up and running and never looked back. Whenever you were doing kind of when you start up and running, you start scheduling, you're booking fights. When you're reaching out to fighters and you know, like at this time period, like how are they training? You know, these guys have a gym to train in because everything was shut down at that time. How are you? How is it kind of rounding yeah. back up the fighters and kind of assessing where they were condition wise, whether they ready to go or did, were, were a lot of people were just chomping at the bit and reaching out to you? Yeah, I mean, nobody was more excited than the fighters. Nobody was more uh, appreciative than the fighters. Nobody wanted to get back in there quicker than the fighters. And I think that is a common trend amongst MMA athletes. Like, they are, you know, to me, the toughest athletes in the world, mentally and physically. And they were willing to adjust to these safety precautions. They were willing to train in ways they had never had to train before. They were willing to do everything necessary in order to be the first guys back to, to, to work with Titan, to help us get back. And, and, you know, without those fighters and the fans, we're nothing as an organization. Um, and I got to tell you, the fan support was absolutely incredible. The fighters have been nothing short than, than exceptional. And I, I just sit back and I'm so appreciative um, that this is a sport that I've dedicated a, a tremendous amount of my life to. So, Jeff, now you, we, we've seen some great fights, and I know that Titan has a, a fight coming up on UFC Fight Pass on October 19th, and that's going to be a big fight. But what has it been like to make that initial transfer to where you don't have crowds anymore? I mean, I, we see it on the UFC where you know it's quiet, you can hear the corners. Um, I have not yet experienced a, a fight with the organization that I work with. Um, and what is it like for you guys then to deal with like not having fans? Is it, you know, I know that there's TV deals and all that, but is it still weird to not have fans in the attendance? I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you almost feel at, at least I did the first couple of events, like you're, um, you're, uh, getting a sneak peek into a sparring session that you should never see, you know? Um, <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's so loud. The, the, the shots are so thumping. The guys are swinging so hard. And when you have that, that, um, arena full, you don't hear the same things. You don't hear, you know, the shots you think may have just been grazing as you're watching. I've been doing this a long time, you know, the shots that, that in your mind, you're like, um, well, he just, he clipped them, but you with, with no fans, it's a totally different surreal experience. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's really interesting. The vibe in the building, you know, because normally fighters are feeding off that energy, right. Of the crowd and, and, you know, the hometown guy or against his arch enemy or, you know, this one against that one, and you know, there's a story, and you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel the same. But I got to tell you, in a lot of ways, it's super exciting because you don't have 
fans screaming for a shot that didn't connect. You don't have judges being influenced by outside extremities. Um, to me, it's um, it's it's uh, MMA is one of those those sports that you can do and you can transition, and it's just as exciting either way. And I've been saying that, you know, watching other combat sports throughout the pandemic of like MMA is the only sport that combat sport I feel like I'm watching. And I don't really miss the crowd sometimes. I don't even think about like there's right? nobody there. Isn't, isn't that interesting? Like if somebody would have told you that a year ago, hey, we're going to do a UFC pay-per-view in an apex with no one in it, but you're going to be on the edge of your seat the whole time and you're not even going to miss the fans being there. You're going to be so hyper-focused on this fight. You'd be like, oh, come on. No mm-hmm. way. No way. You know, UFC is going to be in a fight island, you know? <laughs> You'd be like, no way. No way. Come on. I mean, it's just, it's just you know, this new world that we're in right now um, has just cemented the fact, I think, even more that that as as Dana has said a million times, fighting is in our DNA and we love it, you know. Um and and I think he's absolutely right because given the circumstances, would you ever think that you would be as enthralled in a fight as you are with with no spectators? But but yet we are, right? Yeah, exactly. It, completely. Yeah, completely. It has just been it's been crazy to watch you know, as as a commentator, I have seen, you know, from every, every angle, I, I sit there and I get to see it, you know, from the best seat in the house. But the crowds can be deafening. And I know it's just it has to be just amazing to hear a pin drop and be able to hear what the fighters are saying to each other, because that adds a whole other dynamic that the normal everyday fan doesn't get to see. And I know Lex or I know that, you know, you and Lex probably see that as you sit cage side at Titan. But now imagine what that's like yeah. for the fans. Right. No, I, I, I actually said, you know, my son and I, he's um, 15, he's going to be 16, my, my youngest son, and he and I watch all the fights together. And, and I actually had the conversation with him um, during um, the Adesanya Costa fight. I said, Jordan, is it me or is it almost more exciting? It's like this intimate, you know, peak into like what we shouldn't be seeing kind of. Mm-hmm. And, and he was like, I love it, dad. It's incredible. You know, it, it's, it's just one of those things when you're thinking about it too, from the, the prospect of like, you're seeing these fights, like you said, it's like you're watching, you're in fight club, like the Brad Pitt movie, but you're not supposed right. to be there. <laughs> right. No, no. I mean, honestly, that's how I feel. Like I sh- should, we really be seeing this, you know, like this is so incredible. Um, but that's MMA for you. We adapt. Absolutely. And kind of, you know, when we talk about adapting and on the business side, you know, kind of the the business models had to adapt, of course, because even though I know we're talking about, you know, no fans being there, I know also that's, you know, it's a revenue stream. And you look at the long-term effects when you look at, you know, upcoming fighters, how do you find them? What have been some of the more challenges? What do you think is going to be some of the more long-term challenges that kind of stem from this pandemic? I think the, the promotions that um, were relying strictly on the gate 
um, to be able to put on events um, probably won't make it. I think um, promotions that are well healed and um, have solid sponsors and and have solid television deals or you know um, or or digital deals. I think they're going to be okay. Um, and I think you need to adjust. I think you have to learn um, not just to be a promoter, but you need to know how to be a businessman, which, which, you know, thank God it's tight. You know, we have the acumen of, of the business side. We also have the acumen of the promotion side. And we also have, you know, thank God I've been blessed that, that financially we're in a, a great position and, and, um, you know, we can afford to weather the storm. Miska, and that's, you know, when you say being afford, being able to weather that storm is something that, you know, is a promotion to business. But I guess kind of going to the side, you know, someone who has worked with fighters exclusively too on the management side. Mm-hmm. How do you think, you know, there are certain fighters who are, this is something they're maybe starting their career. You know, they maybe have another job too, but they're trying to figure out a way how they can make this into a profession. What's the struggle like for those going to be for those guys who are trying to get there, but with this 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 year, finances being at a struggle? What's going to be like for that for that fighter who's a prospect, but hey, I don't know if I can stay in this game long enough because of what's going on with, twin, with everything around COVID nineteen? Yeah, so it's a great question, by the way. Um, so I'm not a manager anymore, right? But mm-hmm. so I'm going to give you my opinion. Mm-hmm. If if you are a young prospect that that is putting wins together, has been fighting, is doing well. I would say stay in shape because the opportunities this year are better than they've ever been in the history to get into, you know, UFC or, you know, one of the top shows because, you know, um, fighters have been falling out. Um, it's been incredibly difficult to get fighters from out of the country. Um, last minute replacements have been happening left and right. Um, you know, we've had a ton of Titan guys going to UFC this year. Um, I think it's, it's one of those things that if, if this is really what you want to do, this is an incredible moment to do it, take advantage of it, fight as much as you can and, and, uh, get yourself in shape for that call. I I think that is an amazing piece of advice. You know, we see a lot of young guys out there, they are training hard, looking to get into an opportunity like Titan to get onto UFC Fight Pass. And you have a big show coming up, Jeff. Kind of talk about what the fans can expect out of this next one cuz this looks to be a huge fight. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's going to be like every other Titan. I mean, we we put on, you know, we I came out with a slogan years ago, fans, fighters first. And that was the truth. Take care of the fans, <clears throat> take care of the fighters and, and put them first, put them first ahead of your, your financial game. Right. And, and give these guys, you know, fair deals, give them the opportunity to, um, go to UFC, give them the opportunity to fight for the number one promotion that feeds into the UFC. Give these guys great fights. Give the people great fights. Because if you do that, at the end of the day, the audience on you is going to be massive. 
And I expect nothing less on this next Titan. And we're, we're, uh, we're super excited. And I don't know if you guys know, but as a matter of fact, Lex is going to be fighting as well um, in the Dominican Republic with one of our, uh, one of our partners. I, I, I saw that and I was hoping <laughs> I was in a way I knew we were going to talk about him. I'm like, this is going to provide this. Is gonna, you're going to feel Jeremy's uh, thing of getting me in a cage. Cause I still, I refuse to be, take part in a fight. He's like, you see Lex is doing his first fight. I'm like, yeah, I get that, but that's different. I'm, I'm still out of the running there. So I was nervous when you start talking about that. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, years ago, Lex brought it up to me that he wanted to do it. Right. And I told Lex, absolutely not. You know, you're not in shape. <laughs> I mean, I'm being honest. You, you, he was not in shape at the time. Lex is a a Marine, former Marine. Um, he's, uh, I guess not former. He's retired. Uh, everybody's a Marine until they die. Um, this guy served two tours in Somalia. Um, the guy is a beast, you know, and Lex has has put himself together with some of the best um, fighters on earth for this camp. Um, he's got Charles Rosa up there. He's got Wonderboy Thompson up there. He's got Walt Harris was just there. He's got um, Yuli Monster up there. He's got Shorty Torres up there. He's got Rami Hamed up there. He's got, I mean, he's got the list goes on and on and on. Eric Anders was just up there. I mean, Lex is true. Charles McCarthy was just up there. He's he's put together this amazing camp, and he said to me, "Look, I'm I'm asking you, what do you think?" And this was a couple months ago, and I had seen how hard he's been working over the last year, um, and this was something he felt that he needed to do, um, and you know. I think there comes a time in everybody's life where, where you're at a crossroads and listen, he's not looking to be the world champion. He wants to do something for him. And I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing. And I think, uh, I think he's going to do incredibly well and I'm extremely proud of him. He's also, you I, know, he's doing it for him, but he's also doing it for a good cause. He was like, he's raising money for PTSD and veteran suicide. Absolutely. And I don't know if you, if you saw his goal was to raise 50,000 for that. Um, I tweeted out as soon as he said that, um, I'm going to put down 5,000 today. And I did, and I will match that. And I will, uh, I will make up the difference. That's amazing. That is amazing. I actually got to see uh, a little bit of Lex's training on social media. He's really good. I'm surprised with this training. He's, he's looking like a beast. I was just saying that I did see some of his training, and he, he's looking like a beast. Um, I saw it through Shorty Torres, Andrew Charles Rosa. I think that he's got a real shot here. I do too. Um, if he didn't, I would have told him. And listen, if nothing else, um, our relationship is based on 100% complete transparency and honesty. And if I didn't think that, that Lex 
had a chance, and not only a chance, I, I think he will um, I think he will knock Justin out. Um, uh, but, you know, if I didn't, I would have told him, listen, I, I really think it's a bad idea. Don't do it. Blah, 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 which I did a few years ago. And, and he didn't do it. So, you know, he's come a long way. He's really got himself into, into fantastic shape. And I, I think he's, he's going to do it. And I think, uh, I think all these years of asking fighters to step into the cage and do that, he wants to do it himself. And he wants to do it for a multitude of reasons. Like you said, P- PTSD and, and um, you know, the fact that, that he wants to know that feeling and there's just a lot to it. And, and I'm super excited to see what he does. We'll definitely be watching that. And I know Titan FC 64 getting ready for that. And hopefully, you know, best of luck to Lex on that. And not only the fight, but also raising money for those great causes, but Jeff, it's been a great, great time talking to you today. Find out so much. We got, we got to talk about everything from MC Hammer to, you know, kind of the future of fighting. So I, I feel like it's a, this is one of my favorite <laughs> complete conversations. Absolutely. And I, and I appreciate it. And listen, anytime you guys want, just give me a holler. I'm here. I said, we appreciate that as well. And definitely, like I said, taking time out. I know you're a busy man and a lot going to schedule. We'll definitely have to catch up with you again soon. My pleasure. We're coming to a close here on Down Goes Frazier, and can't thank Jeff enough for taking time out to talk with us about everything with Titan FC and everything they have going on there. Because I just know during these times from, you know, I work in the nonprofit sector and doing nonprofit business, I know it's, sometimes it's tough because you're trying to figure out what the next plan is, how you're going to get through not only the end of 2020, but 2021. But hearing from him about the perspective of running a, a large-scale MMA promotion was pretty interesting. Yeah, it, really insightful there. Um, big thanks to Jeff Aronson for joining us with that. You know, it, it makes it real interesting. And, I, you know, I'm just happy that uh, I still have this show with you, you know, even though now that – Mr. Frazier has went off with his wife and started their own podcast also and kind of stoked that it's going to be heading to iHeartRadio also. Yep. Date night with wrestling. So we'll, you know, she's, let's put it this way. She's a novice too. When I talk about wrestling things, some of these things that I talk about and I'm excited about at home, you think I'm bad on the show, Jeremy, imagine living with me. And I'm like, oh, man, did you see that? She's like, why are we watching this sometimes? So, you know, we'll get her perspective on a lot of moments that I hold near and dear to my heart for pro wrestling and kind of get that first person that, you know, blind to everything perspective from somebody watching from the outside who's not so deep into pro wrestling history. Well, it's uh, it's definitely cool to get to do it with your wife, and she's awesome. And yes, I have seen kind of the inside of your world on TikTok, which is always good. So, I, but uh, yeah, I it's it's a cool show, good concept, Jason. I'm uh, I'm real stoked for you guys. And I know you're also starting launching a new show coming up here soon too. Oh, I mean, you know, it, it it's kind of a rumor among amongst the MMA world that I like to drink whiskey, and uh, have joined with a couple of good buddies of mine, uh, Jimmy Range, who is one of the best photographers for combat sports in the country, and Bellator Cutman Craig Nacello, and we are doing the MMA Bourbon Appreciation Society, which is also here headed to iHeart. We're gonna have our first two shows up probably oh within the next uh, few days. So definitely stand a lookout for both new shows, kind of extensions of. 
down goes Frazier and adding some more. You get you get to hear us talk about more MMA, more pro wrestling on a frequent basis. I got to ask you a question though before we get out of here today. Hit you know, me, we, Jason. We, we talk some MC Hammer. What's your favorite Hammer song? Oh goodness. Um, so I'm gonna say that I am old enough to remember the Hammer movie. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. You remember uh, cartoons? It, I remember the Hammer cartoon. I was actually a little older at that one. Um, I was a huge fan of, he had a song called Pray, which was great. Kind of a, an, an upbeat little positive message one. Um, are you impressed that I knew that? You should yes, be. Yes, I'm here uh, like, man, this dude is named deep. He's going deep in the catalog. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to hit me, I mean, give me Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. You know, yeah. that was always a, a good track there. So, you know, I'm, I'm a fan I was always a fan of MC Hammer. I mean, I go back a long, long way. I mean, we're talking back to the parachute pants and the whole shooting match. So, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta hit it. I mean, here comes the hammer was a great song. Um, I'm not even going to talk about, you know, can't touch this. Cause that was the big hit. I mean, that's the class. I think that's the go-to for a lot of people when you talk hammer. It just- is. But I mean, do, do you remember pumps and a bump? I was going to say, how deep are you in this cow? Are we going to pump some bump? It's all good. Are we going to those two in the catalog as well? I mean, if you want to get crazy, we can go back to Let's Get It Started. That Now, that is actually the song. When If you would have asked me in return what's my favorite Hammer song, because I would have went off the grid. Like, it's not off the grid because a lot of people know it, but I wouldn't have went you can't touch this. Two Agila Quit is too obvious, too. It's two in the nose. I don't let's get it started. That's the one that like I always like if I have it on my iPhone, I play it and it's one of my it's in my gym rotation. So it's still still present to this day. Well, I love it. Let us know on Twitter what's your favorite MC Hammer song. Check us out at DGS Combat Sports on Twitter. I mean, I'm just happy today you got me uh my six degrees of separation closer to MC Hammer. So thank you for uh, reaching out to Jeff. I'm trying, buddy. I'm trying. <laughs> no, but no, but we'll definitely keep in touch with you and talk more combat sports, more and that, like I said, includes the whole game of MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling. We'll do it each and every week on Down Goes Fresh. But make sure you check out other shows, Date Night with Wrestling and MMA Bourbon Society, also coming your way on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and other streaming options too, as well. If you want to listen to those shows, we'll be back with you again next week on Down Goes Frazier. <laughs>